It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Leicester has always been held up as a beacon of multicultural Britain. It's a city where people who speak over 70 different languages from different faiths and different cultures live and thrive side by side. You would say salam alaikum to Muslims and they would return with namaste or namaskar, which are the Hindu traditions to say hello to you. If it were Eid, uh, as a Hindu, we would break fast with them. And if it were Diwali, they would come to our place and celebrate. But over the last few weeks, something has gone very wrong. We've had numerous reports of an outbreak of disorder in parts of the East Leicester area of the city. Um, we have got officers there. We are taking control of that situation. Please do not get involved. We are calling for calm. Young men from the Hindu and Muslim communities have been clashing on the streets. The violence flaring up after an international cricket match. But is there more to this story than meets the eye? I've had WhatsApp messages saying that some Muslims were deliberately targeting Hindu areas or that some Hindus were grooming Muslim girls. Now, we have no proof of that, but because of social media, because of things like WhatsApp, fake news gets around there was a BBC analysis of uh, about 200,000 English language tweets about the disorder, and half of them, the BBC geolocated to India. Have fake news and online disinformation stoked the tensions in Leicester? And what's caused them to flare up now? Leicester has no place for foreign extremist ideology that causes division. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, how religious clashes came to Leicester. I'm Fiona Hamilton. I'm the crime and security editor at The Times. Fiona, just talk us through what's been happening in Leicester in the last couple of weeks. So it's for the last month or so, really, that there's been some unease and some tensions in Leicester. A lot of it centred around a cricket match on August 28. It was a match between Pakistan and India, 
and India was the victor. And people came out on the streets and they were celebrating. A man got roughed up in a bit of a scuffle and there were some skirmishes and a little bit of tension between groups of people. One thing in particular that seemed to cause real concern was some groups were chanting death to Pakistan. And whilst I don't think anyone realistically thinks now that the cricket match is the cause of what we've seen in Leicester, it certainly was a catalyst for increased violence and increased tensions in the community. So over the following weeks after that, there was really a bit of back and forth between the Muslim and Hindu communities. So in neighbourhood areas, we saw groups of youths going in. There was a bit of vandalism, chanting on the streets, creating a little bit of unrest and intimidation. And the police have said that occurred on both sides. So both Muslims and Hindus seem to have been victims. And then it came to a head really on September 17, when there was quite serious disorder in the town. There were a group of Hindu youths who had marched through a Muslim area. Muslim youths came out in retaliation. They ended up pelting bottles at each other. Police had to intervene and try and keep the groups apart. And there were quite a few arrests. And that was really the moment that the local tensions and what's been going on in the local community tipped over and burst onto the national stage. It feels particularly unusual because this is Leicester, which is known as a multicultural city. You mentioned that one of the causes, or at least a catalyst, seemed to be this cricket match. This is the Asia Cup, the match between India and Pakistan on the 28th of August. Talk us through how that changed tensions on the street, but also if that wasn't the actual cause, what was? Where has this come from? Well, that's still a matter of debate, really, where this has all come from. But it sounds like there has been some rumblings for months. And it really does depend on who you talk to. There are some people who really do believe that the roots of a Hindu nationalist movement that, of course, is causing a lot of uh, international consternation about what's going on in India, that that is now taking roots in communities such as Leicester. Hindu nationalism hasn't really hit the headlines in Britain but it's been growing ever since the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi swept to power in 2014. Although India is a secular country, Modi has never denied being a Hindu nationalist. I am a nationalist. I'm a patriot. Nothing is wrong. I'm a born Hindu. Nothing is wrong. So you can say, yes, I'm a Hindu nationalist. So nothing is wrong in it. Since coming to power... His government has introduced laws giving Hindus a natural right to Indian citizenship, whilst openly discriminating against Muslims. It's led to a festering culture of intolerance that sometimes spills over into violence. Demonstrators in New Delhi have been protesting against the demolition of homes owned by Muslims. The local government says the buildings had been constructed illegally. But rights groups say it's part of an attempt to intimidate Muslims. India is facing international criticism and protests after spokespersons of the ruling BJP party made derogatory comments about the Prophet Muhammad. In India, it's created an entire ecosystem 
of fake news and disinformation to promote the Hindu nationalist agenda. We begin with India and a social media space that is teeming with hatred directed at Muslims, messages that are often accompanied with calls for violence. And now, those messages are seeping into British society. So this is the idea of the Hindutha ideology, which is a Hindu nationalist ideology and the idea that that religion should be supreme in India and that is being imported onto the streets of Leicester and that there are some youths who are ratcheting up tensions in Leicester and in other communities because they fundamentally believe in that cause. It's controversial, particularly because it's not something that people in this country really generally are very familiar with. And certainly I'm not sure that the authorities are familiar with it and the people who are involved in it. But equally, I don't think we've yet seen clear evidence that that was absolutely the catalyst for what's going on in Leicester. And there certainly needs to be some more investigations in that regard. There's no doubt that there were youths who were chanting slogans that are associated with that movement. But on the flip side, there are people in the faith community and a lot of locals who say these are about more local issues such as noise and disturbances and that people from outside have come into Leicester to try and use that unrest for their own agenda, whether it be an Islamist cause or a Hindu nationalist cause. And Fiona, one of the areas I know you've been looking into is this use of fake news and disinformation and how that's inflaming tensions in Leicester. Just talk us through it. What have you been seeing? Well, we identified three significant pieces of fake news that seem to have really contributed to concerns in the town and those tensions between Hindus and Muslims. I wouldn't say for a second that that's the, the only misinformation going around. But on the night in question after the Asia Cup cricket match on August 28, there was certainly fresh anger between communities when there were crowds chanting Pakistan Murdabad, which is a partition-era slogan translating as death to Pakistan. That did happen. But later that night, a piece of fake news went viral. It concerned a Sikh man. He stumbled out of a local takeaway. He grabbed a flag from one of the India fans who was celebrating the win. And he was beaten up by fellow supporters. Now, a video of that has gone viral, but the piece of fake news attached to that video was that he was a Muslim. And in fact, he was a Sikh man. Days later, there was another serious piece of misinformation the completely false suggestion that a Muslim teenage girl had been approached by three Hindu men who, as the fake news went, the group had tried to kidnap her. Now, that was really serious to the extent that an image of an innocent man and his vehicle registration was widely circulated. There were calls for the Muslim community to remain vigilant, and that piece of misinformation was really widely shared until 24 hours later. Leicestershire police said they'd done a full investigation and the incident simply did not take place. I mean, that's really alarming. Absolutely. That's the sort of misinformation that really has the risk of turning into violence against a specific individual and certainly perhaps has contributed to some of the disorder that we ultimately saw. 
And then the third piece of information has really related to false claims of attacks on religious buildings. My colleague who was in Leicester last week, he spoke to locals. They were adamant that Hindu nationalists had entered a specific mosque and were yelling and swearing at Muslim men while they were praying. We went to that mosque and spoke to a group of elders who were absolutely insistent that that was a fabrication. Fiona, you can just imagine if you're in Leicester, it's becoming quite a febrile atmosphere and suddenly there's all this misinformation flying around. You can understand how that ratchets tensions up, how people become much more alarmed and worried about their neighbourhoods. There's been those sorts of bits of misinformation flying around online on both sides. And we know how that had ramifications in the local community because when my colleague was going around talking to shopkeepers and locals and people at temples and mosques, they were saying that they were scared about going out and scared about going out after dark and whether there might be retribution attacks and really feeling fearful But a lot of what they were citing was the online misinformation that actually hadn't occurred. That's not to say, though, there haven't been some incidents that did occur. It is absolutely correct that there have been incidents of violence and they're under investigation by the police. And they are very concerning as well. And you can't just attribute all of this to fake news. There was an attack on a local Muslim teenager in May Uh, There's CCTV of that. I should say unverified, but there is CCTV of that circulating online. Uh, His family has said he was asked to confirm that he was a Muslim before he was set upon by a gang armed with metal poles. Now, the police are investigating that. And in relation to the religion or the nationality of the alleged perpetrators, they haven't given any comment. But there have been a couple of other incidents of complaints of young Muslims being attacked in the town. There was also a Hindu family a few days after the cricket match. They were celebrating a religious festival in their home and their house was egged. And as I said earlier, in the first week of September, there were reports of vandalism and intimidation in both communities. And there was a video that was distributed online, which we have verified, which was of some young men, hooded young men dressed in dark clothes, going through a Hindu neighbourhood, kicking cars, making noise. One of them was carrying a knife. And what we're told by people in the community, this has been happening in both communities. So that is also contributing to people having local concerns. Fiona, so obviously there are some very real crimes being committed, but also this sort of atmosphere of suspicion, which is exacerbating the problem. It's leading to even more tensions and more violence. Do we know where this disinformation is coming from? Well, we don't know wholly, but it was very plain to see last week that physically there were some people who turned up from out of town to talk about what was going on in Leicester. Perhaps that contributed to a view that some outsiders were using these things for their own agenda. There was a BBC analysis of uh, about 200,000 English language tweets about the disorder, and half of them the BBC geolocated to India, which really shows you online people talking about these incidents. They're not in that community, a lot of them. They don't know what's going on on the ground and they're relying about what they're reading online, a lot of which we know is misinformation. So that's quite a concerning picture. There was a a Hindu under attack hashtag 
And 97% of the volume for that was retweets, which is apparently quite a telltale sign of inauthentic amplification. Mm. So it's contributed to a very, very febrile atmosphere online. And one of the other issues, of course, is that in India, this was reported very widely and the pro-Modi channels were quite distorted. On Sunday, a Hindu temple was vandalised and a saffron flag was desecrated by Muslim fanatics in Leicester. So they talked about Hindu victims of jihad, Islamists terrorising Hindus, defiling temples. That's not the reality of what was happening on the ground, but that is certainly how it was being reported there. And that may have contributed to that toxic online social media mix. Coming up, we speak to someone at the heart of the community in Leicester and find out why what happens in India could affect community cohesion here in Britain. That's after a quick message from a colleague. I'm David Collins. I'm the Northern Editor of the Sunday Times and I'm based in Manchester, where my job is to bring you the biggest, most insightful stories from outside of London and keep you informed about the country, not just the capital. We can only do this thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.
I'm Barney Chowdhury. I'm a former BBC correspondent. I'm now editor-at-large for Eastern Eye, which is a British-Asian newspaper, and also I'm a lecturer in journalism at the University of East Anglia. Barney, you also live in Leicester. So I've lived in Leicester for 26 years and moved here because of my job, and I fell in love with the city. And I fell in love with it because it was truly a multicultural oasis. People just got on with each other. I could go into areas which were predominantly white and not be afraid, and I could go into areas which were predominantly Muslim. And being a Hindu, I felt absolutely safe. We do our shopping there. We still do. And there were no tensions whatsoever. You would say salam alaikum to Muslims and they would return with namaste or namaskar, which are the Hindu traditions to say hello to you. And that's the way it went. We soon made a community of friends. Our children would play together. We would be in and out of each other's houses. If it were Eid, uh, as a Hindu, we would break fast with them. And if it were Diwali, they would come to our place and celebrate. Uh, It's always been that way. And I know it'll continue to be that way. But at the moment, tensions are running high. And Barney is somebody who who's lived in Leicester for years, who loves it, who knows the spirit of the place normally as sort of a multicultural haven. What has it been like for you watching the images over the last few days? Just describe for us what you've been seeing. It's sad. I think the best way to describe it is sadness and disappointment. We knew the tensions existed between the communities, but they have lived side by side. And this has shown the fracturing of that city And that, for me, is just hugely, hugely worrying, disappointing and sad. There are people who are afraid to go outside their houses. There are people who are afraid to go shopping. There are people who are afraid to go into areas where there isn't a majority community. And they are concerned that there is going to be more and more trouble because of what's brewing on, especially on social media. I've had WhatsApp messages saying that some Muslims were deliberately targeting Hindu areas or that some Hindus were grooming Muslim girls. Now, we have no proof of that, but because of social media, because of things like WhatsApp, those fake news gets around, people get excited, and they start to take the law into their own hands. Barney, you said earlier that Leicester has always had these underlying tensions. You know, everybody lived happily side by side, but there was always the prospect that this might flare up at some point. Just talk us through that. Why do these tensions exist? Where do they originate from? And how have they changed over the last few decades? So let's just go back to when India was divided in 1947 into India and East Pakistan and West Pakistan. That's where the problems probably originated from. It goes all the way back to partition. It does go back all the way to partition because they almost from day one, the two countries were at war with each other and were at conflict with each other. We know that millions of people were killed as a result of moving borders and moving home. Then in the 70s, of course, we had the Pakistan war between Bangladesh and Pakistan where India intervened and Bangladesh was born. So we have that to contend with. Then when you think about mass immigration here in the 1960s, where the first real generation came, we had a common challenge, which is that anybody who was non-white 
was not treated as fairly as people who were white. And we stuck together. We were brown people. We were black people. We stuck together. We were one entity. And then if you think about the next generation from, say, 1980 to 2000, the second generation realised that they weren't going to go back home. They weren't going to resettle in India or Pakistan and started to put roots down. Then we talk about the third generation, which would be between 2000 and 2020. We are starting to see integration. We are starting then also to see religious identities coming in as well. And that's where you start to see the fracturing and the atomization, as I call it, of the religious identities. And then at 9-11, September 11th, and then July the 7th, 2005, there were terrorist attacks in the United States and in the United Kingdom. And we saw Hindus and Sikhs turning around and saying, we are not Muslims. Please don't equate us as Muslims. there was a definite shifting away from being one entity. And any time there's been an atrocity which has had Islamist groups to it, that's always been a point at which you hear neighbours saying, I'm not a Muslim, I'm not one of them. And that's the sadness of it. At the same time, if you look at what's happening on social media right now, the Muslim groups in the city are blaming right-wing Hindus. And it's the importation of Indian subcontinent politics, which is the narrative that's being spread at the moment. And from the Hindu side, it is still the Islamists and the terrorists and the extremists and those who have been radicalised who are causing the problem. Now, do I believe that? I do not. I think that it's a convenient excuse. I think these are tensions that are caused by people who want to cause trouble and who will use any division, any differences to try to ferment that. Fiona, you look at crime and counter-terror operations and extremism in this country. How worried should we be about both Hindu and Muslim extremism? Well, in terms of Islamist extremism, that is obviously still the number one priority for counter-terrorism authorities. So if you look at the total number of foiled terrorism plots in the last few years, so since March 2017, there's been 32. 18 of them were related to Islamist extremism, 12 to extreme right-wing terrorism, and a couple of others to anarchist single-issue terrorism. So on those, clearly Islamist terrorism, and we have seen the devastating impact that that can have in this country with a series of attacks, that is obviously a priority. Hindu extremism doesn't rate at all in terms of what they've put out in recent years. That's not to say it couldn't become an issue, though, and perhaps isn't starting to be an issue in some of these communities, and particularly what's going on on the subcontinent, having some impact on communities and tensions rising. And so that is something given disorder in Leicester that I suspect the authorities will want to examine and have a look at. But I think probably the simplest answer at the moment is that It's really unclear. We haven't seen so much violence within a community like this, within a multicultural community. And to see extremism from, for example, Hindu nationalists, which we haven't really been aware of, is this all sort of a new direction for the police and everyone else to adjust to? 
Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, first of all, I think there needs to be an investigation to determine exactly how influential that even was in Leicester. Was it about some people importing this Hindu nationalism and then some people on the other side, Islamists taking advantage of it for their own agendas? Or was it more about local disagreements, local niggles and local troubles that burst into violence and the wrong thing was attributed and the wrong thing was blamed for it? Or perhaps too much was attributed to religion and ideology when it could be more about angry young men, and a range of other issues. So I think that's probably the first thing that needs to be established because when you talk to people in Leicester and experts in the field, you get such a wide range of views on that. Secondly, if there is considered to be serious concern now about the growing encroachment of Hindu nationalist ideology, if that is found to be the case, that means that there will inevitably be concerns about future flare-ups of this issue and therefore the police, the, the Home Office and other agencies will need to improve their intelligence on the ground in Leicester and other cities where there might be concerns about clashes in the future between communities because without that intelligence and knowledge it's going to be quite difficult for them to be able to clamp down on this in future. I know that the leaders of both faiths in Leicester gathered together and they released a joint statement Leicester has no place for foreign extremist ideology that causes division. Our message to anyone that sows disharmony between us is clear. We will not let you succeed. That was very clear that they wanted peace and calm and that people from the two religions have been living together in Leicester for decades in relative harmony. It's been seen nationally as a very cohesive city and, and very proud of that history. We arrived in this city together. We faced the same challenges together. We fought off racist haters together and collectively made this city a beacon of diversity and community cohesion. And they don't want that to change. But when I was speaking to a Muslim faith leader in the town, he said to me that it was very difficult for the elders to have influence on young people sometimes, that they were seen as older, perhaps not as relevant to the concerns. And so he didn't feel that releasing that kind of statement would necessarily have the impact that's needed. So there's probably a lot of work to do to try and understand exactly how to stop these kinds of tensions ratcheting up in future. And Barney, you're in Leicester. You've lived there for years. Do you think will Leicester return to being sort of a multicultural melting pot or has something fundamental fractured? I think we're a city where we will get to a point where we will start to talk to one another once again. And we're going to have to learn to live together side by side. And that's already happening. We are getting back to that, but it's going to take time. And as long as we talk to one another, as long as we tell stories about one another, as long as we tell stories such as when the Hindu flag was being burnt and the Hindu temple as a result was being desecrated, it was a an imam who stopped the crowds from going any further, a Muslim religious leader who stopped the crowds from going wow. any further. Those stories aren't told. 
And that's what we've got to tell. We've got to talk about the fact that there are Hindus who sheltered Muslim people who were in danger during the disturbances. And we're not telling those stories because it's black and white to those who really don't want to understand. It's more subtle than that. It's shades of grey. And it's going to take some time. And it's going to take a lot of leadership, not only among the established leaders, but among the young. It's the young who need to understand that they cannot and they must not take up violence as a way of proving their point. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, The Times crime editor, Fiona Hamilton, and the editor-at-large of The Eastern Eye, Barney Chowdhury. You can find all of Fiona's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producer today was Priyanka Deladia. The executive producer is Kate Ford, and sound design was by David Crackles. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.